Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. Morning church. Let me try it again. Good morning church. It was a rainy day and two boys came together to do a jigsaw puzzle. And there was no progress until one boy decided to turn over the packaging box and saw the complete image they were supposed to create. And the complete image was a medieval court scene with a king surrounded by his subjects and his servants. And one of the boys got it and he says, now I see it. The king must be at the center. And once they realized this vital clue, the puzzle was easy to complete. In the same way, in our continuing study on the book of Daniel, it is vital for us as God's people as we open up this difficult book of Daniel, to keep the sovereign God at the center of this greater narrative as it continues to unfold in the coming weeks and months. Three weeks ago, we seen Daniel chapter 1, verses 1 to 7, and it reveals to us what is behind the curtain. That behind the curtain is the picture and the image of a sovereign God who is perfectly in control, who is profoundly in charge and proactively involved in each and every of our lives. Whether you are a child, a youth, a young adult, a single married parent, or even a retiree, a senior. God is not just interested in the life of kings and kingdoms. He's interested in the life of every individual. Last Sunday, Pastor Kai opened up Daniel chapter 1, verses 8 to 16, showing to us how Daniel and his three friends not only survived, but thrived against the flow of a very hostile environment filled with insidious secular values, and new societal norms. Oh, but thanks be to God. Daniel and his three friends, they set their hearts, they stood their ground to be the sword and the light, to bring God's presence and God's perspective before the king. Please open your Bibles now in whatever form you have, whether it's hard copy Bible or digital form, and we are going to stand before the king to read his word from Daniel chapter 1, verses 17 to 21. So if you're here or you're at home, would you stand with me? Stand with me as we read the words of the king for us. And if you're reading from the English Standard Version, please join me as we read God's word aloud together from Daniel chapter 1, verses 17 to 21. As for this four use, 
God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all vision and dreams. And the king spoke with them, and among all of them, none was found like Daniel, Michelle. Therefore they stood before the king, and in every matter of wisdom and understanding, about which the king inquired of them. He found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. And Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. Let's remain standing before the king and ask the Lord to speak to us through his word. King Jesus, as we stand before you, both here on site and those online, would you awaken our hearts to love you and follow you again. Help us see the glorious hope and riches we have in Christ Jesus and experience your transformational power in us as we hear and apply your word preached today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. After three tough, long and demanding years, in the school of Babylon, Daniel and his three friends finally get to stand before the king. But they had to stand before a bad and evil king, King Nebuchadnezzar, for a grueling examination. My friends, while Daniel and his friends stood before an evil and earthly king, Nebuchadnezzar, a day will come for every one of us, young and old, where we too must stand before the king. But this king, my friends, is a gloriously loving and gracious king. Who is this king? He is none other than King Jesus. And the question before us on this side of eternity, how then should we live? How then should we get ourselves ready in order that we may be prepared to stand before the King. From our text today, we will see from the example of Daniel and his three friends, two key ways you and I can get ready. Two ways that you and I can live in such a way that we'll be ready to stand before the King. The first way is to use our God-given gifts. And the second way is to keep to our God-assigned rose. Let's look at the first way to live in such a way that we are ready to stand before the king. The word of God opens up in verse 17, as he say, has for this four use. These four use are none other than Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They were among some 3,000 Jewish men who were dragged against their will to Babylon. They were forced to assimilate into a foreign environment, trained for national service, and almost had to quit their desired diet. They had to learn the Babylonian history, the culture, the language, and medicine. They learned astrology, the art of studying stars, so as to help the king predict the future. They were engaged in hypotoscopy, where they had to cut an animal or bird 
and then analyzed its levers as an act of divination to determine if the king should go to war against a nation. Daniel and his friends in the school of Babylon had to master chanting, which call out the dead and deliver a person from evil spirit. Sounds familiar for those of us and for many of us in the marketplace. Many of us had no choice but to learn the language of the marketplace and practices. So did Daniel and his friends. But they never compromised their faith, their beliefs, or personal practices. Verse 17 says, As for these four youths, God gave them what? Learning and skill. The phrase God gave appears three times just in chapter 1 in the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 1 verse 2 says, And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, in his hands. Daniel 1 verse 9, And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the Enoch's. And then here this morning in verse 17, God gave them learning and skill. God gave, God gave, God gave. Everything that you and I need, God provides. In other words, whatever Daniel and his three friends had to learn and acquire in the three years at the school of Babylon. IQ, intelligence quotient. EQ, emotional quotient. RQ, relational quotient. And many other skills. God gave these gifts to them. In other words, everything that Daniel and his friends had, they were God-given gifts to them. Similarly, God has also bestowed and deposited upon every disciple of Jesus Christ His God-given gifts. I know what some of you are wondering, Pastor, look on see me. I don't have any God-given gift. And if I ever have, what is my God-given gift? The Word of God tells us in 1 Peter 4, verse 10, has each one has received a gift. As long as you have crossed the line and you have declared Jesus Christ as Lord of your life and the Holy Spirit indwells in you, the Bible says God has endowed upon us a God-given gift. What do we do with it? We don't keep it or hide it. The Bible says here in 1 Peter 4.10, use it, exercise your gift to serve God and one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Church, this morning the Lord reminds us He has bestowed upon every one of us, whether you're here online or on-site, every Christian has been given a God-given gift. In other words, this God-given gift is not earned nor deserved, but imparted to us supernaturally by God's grace through His Spirit. And because it's a God-given gift, there's no reason for anyone else to boast or to self-glorify in this God-given gifts. And these God-given gifts are given to us so that we might bless the Lord and His kingdom. 
build up one another to bring glory to God. No one here and no one there online is ever too young or too old for God to use our God-given gifts to build up His church so that together with churches, with sisters and brothers in Singapore and around the world, we might win the world for Jesus Christ. I think of a 10-year-old boy in our church who used his God-given gift as an invisible crew, so invisible that you don't even know, you can't even see. It's behind the window. I think of a 15-year-old girl who used her God-given gift and this was a boy that uses his gift as a drummer in our worship team, not for the youth service, but for the adult service. Or the 35-year-old serving as a disciple maker, a DMK, giving his time and his life to influence and impact young lives for Jesus Christ. Or those in their 50s, married for a few years, and then giving their life and time to serve as marriage mentors, helping others to journey and say, hang on there, don't give up on one another. Or even those in the 60s and 70s in our church today, giving their time and life, using their God-given gift in active aging centres and helping their peers to press on to run the race till we finish and end the race together. Notice this God-given gifts were a cut and a class above all else. As seen in the word all, A-L-L, in verse 17, it says, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. And then God gave Daniel understanding in all vision and dreams. Verse 19, and the king spoke with them and among all of them, none was found like Daniel and his three friends. And therefore they stood before the king. Verse 20, the king found them 10 times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. That's the nature of God-given gifts that when you exercise and use God-given gifts, and if you need to be 10 times better than the people around, God will give you that grace to exercise His God-given gift that is 10 times better. While Daniel had the gift of understanding all vision and dreams, Daniel continued to intentionally and faithfully depend on God, the giver and never just on the gift itself. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 18, while Daniel was called to interpret the king's vision and dreams, he told them, let's seek mercy from God of heaven concerning this mystery. While Daniel had the gift, the God-given gift of interpreting dreams, he says in verse 28 of Daniel chapter 2, but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Not him, even though he's gifted, but he looked and depended on God. And the use of our every God-given gift, our aim is always to point people back to God, the giver, 
rather than the gifts that was exercised and used. You know, my wife, me and I, in this past 30 over years, in the past ministry, we have a burden to pray for people, but not just to pray for people. A very special group of people, we have a burden to pray, and that is to pray for married couples struggling to conceive. And we keep a prayer journal each time God hears and answers a prayer such as this. Just this week, after I came back from a mission trip over the weekend, a couple texts us, and I open up the text and says, and this couple texts to share the good news after trying for three long years for a baby. And they say, dearest Pastor Tony and Auntie May, we want to share with you the good news. We are having a baby. You know, sometimes they will say, Pastor, wow, your prayer very tuned. Your prayer is so powerful. And I'll quickly reply them and tell them, no, it's not me. It's not my prayer. La. Get your theology right. It is rather God who inclines his ears to the prayers of his people. And in his grace, shower his grace upon his people. And therefore, every baby is God's gift to you. Glory to God. And as you've heard earlier from Pastor KK and myself in the video, today marks the start of our 40 days prayer season. What would you bring to God in this prayer season? What is God calling you to depend on Him again and again? Because it's so easy here in modern materialistic Singapore to not depend on God and to simply depend on ourselves. And if we're not careful to simply depend on our God-given gifts alone and not on the giver himself. And so whoever you are, whether you are a student, you're in an army camp, or you're studying in a uni, or you're working still in a marketplace, or you're a homemaker or retiree, let's pray that in this 40 days prayer season, God will drive us, God will lead us to a familiar place again. A place of dependence on God in prayer. As authentic disciples and intentional disciple makers. So that we can get to see our family member, a friend, a neighbor, a colleague. Come to know Jesus Christ at the end of this 40 days prayer season. My friends, I believe time is getting shorter and shorter. Jesus, the King, is indeed coming back very soon. And God, therefore, is inviting us not merely to depend on our God-given gifts, but on God Himself, the giver alone, so that when God works, even through the use and the exercise of our God-given gifts, we are quick and swift to give God all the glory and credit. How then should we live how then should we get ready to stand before our King, Lord Jesus? The first way is to use our God-given gifts. The second way is to keep to our God-assigned roles. To keep to our God 
given an appointed station. We find this in verse 21, and it reads, And Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. And Daniel remained in royal service until the first year of King Cyrus. Now, to help you understand what that one verse means, I did some mathematical thing to look at how long did Daniel lived and served. It says the first year of King Cyrus' reign began in 539 BC. If Daniel and his friends were deported in 605 BC, then Daniel would have kept his station for 70 years. Not seven days, not seven weeks, not seven months, not even seven years, but 70 years serving under a bad king, serving under a bad employer, if you like, serving under an evil paymaster, if you like. But Daniel only served under Nebuchadnezzar. If you look at the chart, he also served under three other kings, under Darius, Belshazzar, and Cyrus. And that's where verse 21 tells us, Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. Now imagine with me if you are Daniel going to your office, not for one week, starting from tomorrow, but not for seven years, but for 70 years, this great conflict and dissonance that Daniel and the friends would experience repeatedly day after day. That you are in the world, but you are not of the world. When you are assigned a role and deployed in a station and situation that is completely against the flow of your biblical faith and conviction and conduct. It's so easy to just simply step out of it, quit and say, it's over. I have enough. No, the Bible tells us they were exactly where God wants them to be. In their God-assigned role and in their God-appointed station. Daniel kept his God-assigned role. Daniel stuck to his God-appointed station. so that they will one day become God's servant and mouthpiece before the king, who will one day declare that Yahweh alone, the God of Israel, is the king of heaven. The phrase before the king appears twice in this morning's text. First in verse 18, it says, At the end of the time when the king had commanded that they should be brought in, the chief of the Enoch brought Daniel and his friends in before the king, Nebuchadnezzar. Verse 19, And the king spoke with Daniel and his friends, and among all of them, none was found like Daniel and his three friends. Therefore, they stood before the king. Now some of us may think, wow, what a prestigious privilege and honour to stand before the king. It's like you get an invitation to go to Istana and stand before the President of Singapore or the Prime Minister of Singapore. Many of us can't sleep, right? The night before. Think about what to wear, what time to wake up. It wasn't the case for Daniel and the friend. In fact, it was quite the opposite. 
for Daniel and his friends to stand before the king was completely and absolutely insane and a frightening experience. The Babylonians had a reputation where they are known to be master torturers. They know how to torture you to death. King Zedekiah was one of the last Jewish person to appear before the evil king Nebuchadnezzar. And King Zedekiah is standing before the king, watched his own officials and his son slaughtered to death in pools of blood and his eyes got out. When a wise man in Babylon came before the king, Nebuchadnezzar, to interpret his dream, the king said to them as they stood before the king in Daniel 2 verse 5, if you do not make known to me the dream and its interpretation, you shall be torn limb from limb. What does that mean? To stand before the king, it simply means your legs and arms will be tied, stretched apart, and tighten until the person suffocates and stops breathing. The tightening of the ropes will dig into the flesh around your wrists and your ankles until the bones shattered. That's the frightening picture of coming before the king Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel and his three friends not only survived, under King Nebuchadnezzar, but they thrive. Keeping to their God-appointed roles and staying true to their God-appointed station. Even if it meant they had to appear before such an evil king and it was such a frightening experience and even though that could be the last time they would ever stand before the king. Brothers and sisters, God always accomplished His sovereign will for His people. And He assigns us as His people at the right place, at the right station, with the right assigned role. We see that in Scriptures when God was protecting Jacob's family and the future of Israel. He sent Joseph to Egypt and made him the second ruler of the land. God sent Esther and Mordecai to the kingdom of Persia when they exposed a plot against the Jews and saved Israel from being annihilated. Nehemiah was the king's cup bearer in Susa and was able to get royal assistance to restore the Jerusalem wars. The king is still on the throne. Last weekend, a team from Covenant and I were ministering to our missions partner on the mission field. And for me, it was a long time since I've been on the field with our partners. And we have known our partners since 2014 through divine appointments. But something happened about 10 years ago in 2012. Our missions partner in a church organized a Christmas outreach for about 100 people. When he started, they were surrounded by police and soldiers threatening them to stop the entire Christmas outreach. When they refused and continued their time of worship, the soldiers and police went on to cut off every power supply. 
so that no sound, no mic, no musical instruments will come off, just like what we experienced a few weeks ago here in Woodland Centre. And they continue the Christmas outreach. And then the soldiers and police begin to throw stones at the crowd to try to scatter them away from the Christmas outreach. But the people stood their ground. They turned their chairs around as shields from the stones around them. Many of them were injured on their heads. Some with broken nose, some with blood flowing down from their heads. This pastor was not spared as well. And many of them never gave up their God-assigned role and their God-appointed station. You know, it has been 10 years now. Small church, but they continue faithfully the work of God's kingdom. And when we visited them last weekend, this one church, after 10 years, has now planted 43 other churches throughout the city in this country. Even though I was physically tired, I, I lost my voice having spoke a few times, like now. But I came back full, recognizing, wow, we have so much to be thankful here in Singapore. And if we're not careful, we are taking many things for granted. But here we have our friends in a context, in a culture, in a country where they don't always have that kind of freedom. They say, Pastor Tony, Lord willing, by 2025, we hope to plant 100 churches. I say, well done, brothers. You guys are already halfway marked. 43 churches. Just another 50 Seven churches more to go. I share this, brothers and sisters, because when it's very tempting to call it quits, in our God-assigned role and in our God-appointed station, even in our relationships we have with each other, when the going gets tough, it's so easy to say, I've enough of you. I'm walking out of the marriage Keep your God assigned role. You are the husband, you are the wife. You don't just throw away your wedding ring like that. When it's irresistible to throw in the tower in our God assigned role and in our God appointed station, in any company, in any organization, in any church or ministry, God says, keep to it. When things get too boring or uncomfortable, it is certainly enticing to look elsewhere or to look for something else to fill the vacuum within. God says, keep to your God-assigned role. Stay in your God-appointed station. Because when the going gets tough, it is not, as the world says, the tough gets going. But when the going gets tough, it is the certain kind who will stay on in our God-appointed station. It is the faithful certain kind who will keep to our God-assigned roles, even though it's so discouraging, even though it may even appear defeating. 
My friends, what is God's assigned role for you? What is God's appointed station for you in your relationship, in your work, in the kingdom of God on earth here? That God is calling you this day to stay faithful to it. Friends, from this morning's text, from Daniel 1, verse 17 to 21, it is clear God has given us two ways to live our lives, two ways to get ourselves ready and prepared to stand before our King, Lord Jesus. The first way is to use our God-given gifts. Don't hide it. Don't store it. Use it. Exercise it. Because one day we have to stand before this King and give an account. What do you do with my gift? that I give to you. The second way to live our life on this side of eternity is not just to use our God-given gifts, but to keep to our God-appointed roles. To keep to our God-appointed station that He has for us. Allow me to close with this story told of this Greek marathon and many muscular and strong athletes were warming up at the starting line. And as they warm up at the starting line, they know, wow, if I get to the finishing line, I will receive a reward, a wreath from the king. I will get to stand before the king. And as I stand before the king, the king will put that wreath on my head as the winner as the first runner of this marathon. As they were warming up, in came a very young, muscular, stranger runner. And he took his place at the starting line. And it's alleged that this young runner was bright by other people with money and property. And say, if you don't run this race, we will give you this money. If you don't run this race, we'll give you these properties in the land. Or if you even drop out of the race. This young runner refused all kinds of offers. The race started and he was the first off the starting line. And he was the first at the finishing line as well. At the end of the race, someone went to this young man and says, tell me, is the reef made of only a few leaves? That expensive and that worth as compared to all the money and property we offered you? And this young runner replied, I did not enter the race for this reef. I ran so that I could stand before my king. Let me say that again. I did not enter this race for the reef. But I ran so that I could stand before my king. Brothers and sisters, time is very short. Jesus is coming soon. And as the Lord has led Covenant EFC, we are leading you to prepare yourself to meet King Jesus. Not to receive the reef, but to stand before the King. The King Jesus who is returning soon. But take heart, Jesus has run His race.
He has endured the most agonizing and excruciating journey to the cross only because Jesus kept his God-assigned role. Jesus kept and stuck to his God-appointed station so that by God's grace, you and I can also live in such a way that we can use our God-given gifts, keep our God-assigned roles, and then stand before the King, Lord Jesus. Let's pray together. In a few moments, my friends, whether you're on site, online, I'll be leading you to stand before our King, Lord Jesus, literally. And whether you're at home or here on site, to stand up on our feet before the King. Because church, when God calls us to use our God-given gifts and to keep to our God-given rules, it is because God first gave us the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ Himself. And this greatest gift required Jesus to keep His station till His death on the cross. And so God is calling us. He's not calling us to do something that He Himself has not done for us. Jesus is a different kind of king. Not one who demands to be the Lord of our life. But Jesus, our king, is one who deserves to be the Lord of our lives. I know some of us are feeling the tensions of uncomfortable situations like Daniel and his friends. Perhaps you are in an unhealthy work environment or culture with long hours. Perhaps you are struggling with medical condition that doesn't seem to go away soon. Or you're struggling in relationships where the other person is not quite responding to you. But yet in your hearts this morning, you know this is where God has positioned you. This is where God has placed you in His God-assigned role and His God's appointed station. Today as a church, as we begin our prayer season together, it is not our gift to God, but I believe it is God's gift to us to call us to draw near to Him again, to depend on Him again. Rather than our gifts and abilities, like what Daniel and his friends did, to now come and seek God and for His mercy. And so I call upon you as people of the Lord to be awakened, to be awakened to the urgency of the times, to our divine appointments in the world so that God may give us staying power to run this race and last the distance. So that our assignment on earth can be fulfilled and more souls will be won into God's kingdom as we continue to prepare to meet King Jesus and to stand before Him. And so church, I know of no other appropriate response as we come before the King than to stand before the King. So would you stand with me right now, whether you're here on site, whether you are there online, even in your living room, even in your bedroom, even in your balcony as you watch 
this church online, would you stand before this King? And as you stand before King, the only appropriate response we can give to this King is to worship Him, is to enthrone Him, put Him back right at the center of our lives, center of our relationship, center of our work, center of our ministry. And so let's worship Him as we enthrone Him as King of our lives.
King Jesus, we stand before you. May you be alone, be enthroned in our hearts. May you be enthroned in our speech and actions that we might point this world not to our God-given gifts, but to you, our glorious and generous giver. May you come and be enthroned in all our relationships that we might love one another as you have loved us. May you come and be enthroned in the way we steward and use our lives, our resources, our time, our treasure, our talents and gifts. Oh Lord, may you be enthroned in our prayers and in our praises. Lord, may you be enthroned in who you are, in our lives, in this place. And as you prepare us this coming Friday, together as a people of the Lord in this season of prayer, Lord, help us clear our calendar and gather as a people of God and put you in the center of our lives. We pray and ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's take a seat. I'd like to lead us in the reflection questions. Could we flash the two reflection questions on the screen? Usually I let you read on your own. But today I think it's really good for us to just pause and also bring these questions back with us. What are the practical ways you can exercise your God-given gifts at home, in the workplace and in church this week? And I want to add, you know, this year and the years to come. What are, what are the ways, okay? Pray about that and share with your uh, friends, your CG members, family members. Number two, what God assigned role or roles the Lord may be challenging you to stay faithful in lest you become discouraged or defeated. Very good for reflection. I just want to encourage us. Uh, today, I'm, I'm very inspired by four teenagers I see. They are serving among us. Uh, working the cameras, also in the visuals. See if you can see them, right? Uh, I thank you so much. We are very proud of you, four teenagers. And uh, on Friday, I was so encouraged to hear uh, one brother. He's 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 in his sixties. Okay, he's a bit more senior, and he says, "This is a time. I feel inadequate, but this is a time and season. I I know God is leading me to step up to serve." And so he stepped up to serve as an ACGL. So let us, as Pastor Tony says, whether we are young or old, let us use our God-given gifts to serve the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Praise you, Lord. I'd like to pray for us now. Let's join our hearts in prayer. Heavenly Father, you see my brothers' and sisters' hearts. You hear the prayers that they have prayed. One day when we stand before the King, our Lord Jesus Christ, Father, I pray that may every one of us be found faithful as a servant of King Jesus. Lord, thank you that you are at work in our lives. Lead us, Lord, ahead. And now to Him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of His glory with great joy to the only God, our Saviour, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, 
and authority before all time and now and forever and all of God's people say together Amen, Amen Praise the Lord Hallelujah Some of us uh, we, we would like uh, to receive prayer and uh, if you're here on site do come fr- to the front after service we'd love to pray for you those of you who are online you, you'd like someone to pray with you do scan the QR code and someone will be in touch with you to pray with you and for you have a blessed week ahead God bless you see you next time We're glad you had spent some time listening to God's Word and we hope that the message has ministered to you. You can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.